Greetings, folks, and welcome to episode 105 of the Far Beyond Metal podcast. I'm your host and guide on this metal journey, Daniel Cordova. It has been a minute, but I am back to infotain you with more Far Beyond Metal. 2022 will hopefully see a lot of weird episodes, a lot of, hopefully just a lot of regular-ass episodes, too. Wanting to branch out the show a bit, but also just, I miss doing this, and I miss you. I hope you miss me, too. Anyway, 105, that's where we are now. In this episode, Danny Filth from Cradle of Filth discusses his first band, and I recommend Aegis, who are a symphonic, melodic death metal band from Chicago. Before all that, I welcome Silent Skies onto the program. Silent Skies are a collaboration between piano virtuoso Vikram Shankar and Evergrey vocalist Tom England. This duo formed after Tom discovered a cover of Evergrey's Distance performed by Vic. The two connected and started making ethereal, emotional music under the Silent Skies banner soon after. On February 4th, the duo released their second album, Nectar, via Napalm Records. Both Tom and Vic came on to discuss the new album, Pandemic Collaborations, the future of Silent Skies, potential live shows, and more. Before I kick off my chat with Tom and Vic, here's some of the song Taper from the Silent Skies album, Nectar. So no video, right? Uh, no, it's just gonna be an audio thing. If you want to turn on for the whole, you know, looking each other's eyes, things we can. But eh. no, 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 I'm I'm quite good with that. I don't have my makeup on either. It's fine. <laughs> bad, bad hair day. <laughs> I have no hair, so I can relate. Uh, dude, good me too. Amazing. Are uh, are you a, a not a lifelong bald, but are you a regular bald or just like a quarantine thing where you start doing your own hair to become a bald? Because that's my story. Uh, yeah, um, I would say lifelong, pretty pretty much lifelong. Damn our mothers, fathers. I think that's yeah, how it didn't start. Work. It didn't start as a choice, but I maintain it as a choice now. It's it's way easier. I think I'm, go- I'm going incredibly short until I can have the sweet horseshoe look, and then I'm going to just straight up look like David Cross. It's going to be awesome. Head <laughs> <laughs> on. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and jump in as long as you folks can hear me okay, and I can hear you yes, all fine. Sir. Good, good, yeah, good. Fantastic. So uh, over the last almost two years, I've been starting this podcast by asking people how they've been keeping busy during this very weird time. But Tom, you've seen very busy in 2020 and 2021 with the live stream. Uh, Recently, there was a a Pat Riley song that came out, Escape of the Mm -hmm. Phoenix, of course, the Before the Aftermath live stream, which is being released physically next year. There's also Mm -hmm. rumors on the street of another Evergrey already than Vic. Similarly, you've had seven records in the last two years, including my most recent guest, Ross Jennings, working with him. So, and, oh, yeah, right and all this, how have you found time for another Silent Skies? I mean, time is all we have. I mean, I think I've done, like, outside of this, I think I've done 20 songs on 20 different albums outside of this, too. So it's like, but I mean, this is what we do. So now, given the time with uh, the pandemic and no touring, uh, we have all the time in the world. So maybe we went a bit overboard, but yeah, it's, it's great to be creative and just dive into all kinds of stuff. And different kind of things, too. It's, I think that that's a beautiful thing to be able to work on five or six projects at the same time, but they're all different. It's something that I I really value. 
now an issue I have when I'm creating is I uh, will occasionally repeat myself with so many things going at once. Do you ever find yourself lifting your own melodies for project X and Y and not realizing it till it's maybe too late? Well, it's never too late. Uh, I mean, it's too late when you put it out on a CD or wherever on Spotify or, or whatever. But I mean, up until that time, we are extremely careful with maybe not repeating ourselves so much as you know, with Silent Skies, we don't want to sound like Evergrey or, or Redemption or Lux Terminus. We want to sound like Silent Skies. So we're very careful with that aspect of, you know, yeah, repeating yourself, if, if you will. But uh, uh, outside of that, no. Uh, Vic, do you ever find yourself uh, dabbling in your own material on accident? I guess I'm, I guess I'm fortunate enough that I do so many things that are sound completely different from each other. So although I'm in, I guess, four bands right now, and then I do session work, and then I do production, most of it sounds sounds really different from each other. So the odds of me accidentally lifting a song idea that I wrote for Redemption, for instance, for Silent Skies, is pretty minute since the style of Redemption is so different. So, I mean, I, it's a little bit different maybe for Tom because, you know, his voice is so identifiable that I think people, maybe if they listen superficially, they will be, oh, it's Tom singing. It sounds like Tom singing. And maybe there's a little bit more scrutiny towards whether things are, are too similar to other things that Tom is doing. But, I mean, we're, we're careful of it insofar as we want to be true to the identity that is Silent Skies. And beyond that, we just write. And I mean, we forgot to mention the, the the thing that takes the most time is the computer music we write. Oh, what do you call it? Computer game music. Yeah, video game music, yeah. Video game, yeah. So it's like, that takes up maybe the most of us, but time-wise. But uh, that's also something that you can go into and, and just be a tool for, for the main guy, a creative guy at Saber. And uh, and uh, we, we are just, yeah, tools uh, in a sense, which is great. And you, you both said you've been very busy uh, in music this last, you know, however many months. Uh, have you picked up any new hobbies in this time outside of music, perhaps, that you uh, anticipate carrying forward as things? Well, my, when I wrote this question, it said normalize, but things are being postponed again. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> uh, no, well, no, not for me. I mean, I just I, I ended up doing more music, which maybe is stupid. But yeah, that's what I've been doing. <laughs> It was hard for me because music was my hobby. And then when it became my job, you know, you, if you tell a banker to go work in the bank office as their hobby, they're going to be like, what the, what the heck are you talking about? I don't want to do that. So it's been a little, it's a little difficult for me because, you know, music for the longest time was pretty much all I did. So, I mean, I like walks. I like cooking. I like reading, but it's the same sort of stuff that I've always done. And so, like Tom says, we just spend more time making music, which is cool because there's always stuff to do. And how has putting this record together been different than the first one you guys did together? Uh, I, I initially assumed that this one was more of a, a remote affair, but I saw you guys did a lot of the uh, sessions together on social media and stuff. We did, um, we did this album a lot more together than the first album, but together via Zoom, which is not, you know, exactly together there it is remote in a sense but we spent i'd say like five hours a day for three months 
together on Zoom working together and we'd write, we'd produce, we'd refine, we'd record all together. And so it became a much more collaborative process where we were able to have a lot of input on what each other was doing and refine things and get things just right. That was a big difference between this and the last album. And I think it made the material way stronger for it. Yeah, and I mean, also, which is quite funny, last album, we did record the grand piano together here in, in Gothenburg. And uh, and on this album, Vic went to his childhood home and recorded on his childhood grand piano, right? So, uh, uh, but even though we didn't meet each other, it feels more intimate to me. It feels like, I guess this Zoom thing has a way of sort of... Mm, transcending intimacy i guess i mean it's like it feels uh, it feels like we're we have really been in the same room composing it but at the same time when vic was here like two days ago in sweden when we recorded some stuff we it it is also a major difference being in the same room actually so yeah it's weird how these things work i'm just happy that it works at all via zoom you know that we can get hook up our uh, studios and hear it pretty much real time and, and, and in full quality and yeah it's it's lovely exactly a big fear of mine was always that you know if we were to work on zoom that we'd be you know listening to phone camera audio and uh, right. stuff like that and, and the music we make is so delicate and subtle with so many little 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 textures that that you wouldn't hear otherwise and you know, I, I didn't want to do a remote session if I wasn't going to be able to hear everything properly. But I did a little bit of internet sleuthing and I managed to figure out how to do it. And once we got that all set up, it was like, it's, we can't live without it. It's so important to what we do because it's so much more efficient than just trading MP3s. Now I have a question about the uh, the piano, your childhood piano that Tom mentioned. Uh, is yeah. this the piano that you like learned on when you were first learning like all your initial scales and stuff? Yeah, exactly. So so when I first started studying, I started studying when I was like five or something, and my piano teacher said, "I'll I'll take I'll take Vic on to my parents, but you but you have to buy him a real piano. I'm not letting him. I'm not teaching a student who works on a keyboard." A very very traditional guy. So he, they got me an upright, but then a couple of years later, when I, you know, really started flourishing on the instrument, they got me. It's it's technically a baby grand, so it's like a six foot, six foot thing versus a, a nine foot concert grand. And yeah, I studied on that for like ten years, and then I continued to keep writing on it and recording. Kind of, I guess, amateur, not amateur, but. Piano arrangements of metal songs that I do on my YouTube and stuff I did on this piano, but I never used it for a formal recording project because it never quite felt right. It didn't quite have the right sound or, or whatever. But on Nectar, I had a really nice microphone set up and I felted the, the strings myself. I took sheets of felt and I laid them underneath the strings so that the hammers strike through felt to hit the string. And it makes a lovely, warm muted characteristic that's probably my favorite piano sound I've ever recorded and captured. So I mean, it was beautiful to bring this like piece of my history into such a high level recording. Tom, do you have anything from your earliest days that you still use? My voice. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, no, no, not at all. I don't have, 
I don't have anything. And I'm not either that sentimental about things. For me, not like Vic. Vic views instruments and like souls of their own, you know. It's like they have a life of their own, which is exactly. cool. I wish I could look at it like that, but I don't. So, so and I'm super non-sentimental about my guitars and stuff. It's just things that I use for for um, for getting me from A to B, really. I'm super boring in that case. <laughs> Sorry about the sound. I know worries. I, I know you meant it as like a half joke, but I imagined a five-year-old Tom, still long hair, still gruff, epic voice, singing on a choir or something, and it was adorable, I have to say. Uh, I started singing two weeks before the first album with Evergrey, so uh, I wasn't singing at all at that time. <laughs> Talk to me That was some of the Silent Skies cover of the Eurythmics track, Here Comes the Rain Again. You can hear the rest of the song over at the Silent Skies YouTube channel. I'll have more with Tom and Vic in a moment, but first, this is my first band. Every musician has to start somewhere, and in this episode, Danny Filth from Cradle of Filth discusses his heavy origins. My first band uh, was called PDA, um, which stood, well, it stood for lots of things, but it stood for Positive Drinking Attitude, or... We, after that, we just started being really silly, like it could be anything proper drug addicts and the, you know. <laughs> um, uh, but um, yeah, it was a punk band, and it was punk because basically none of us could play. Oh, actually, no, that's a word lie. The drummer was very, very good. I remember, um, and then that that morphed into um, various other things. I think I must have done about. 10 different bands like not all at the same time one after the other uh, in a very short period of time at high school so it's like pda then i was in like a um uh like a like a almost death metal band called feast on excrement and then there was the lemon grove kids which was more indie uh those two back to back is wild by the way pardon those two bands back to back is a wild concept to me what was yeah. it fecal something <laughs> oh feast on excrement feast on excrement it was, and the it was more like a, it was a, more like a project because my my friend wanted to do something and he paid for a studio and we just basically you know uh wrote this 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 uh death metal like a couple of songs but it, I, I don't mean we actually played it but it was a forerunner strangely enough to cradle of filth even though there was a band in between. Uh, the other band I mentioned, the Lemon Grove Kids, um, actually were going to get somewhere. They, you know, we, we played with a couple of big indie bands like the Sand Kings and uh, the Wonder Stuff, I think, too. Um, but <clears throat> it wasn't really my bag anyway.
Existence is Futile by Cradle of Filth is out now via Nuclear Blast Records. You can get your copy and keep up with the band over at cradleoffilth.com. Now, before I conclude my conversation with Tom and Vic from Silent Skies, here are some of my favorite Evergrey song. From the band's fourth album, Recreation Day, here are some of As I Lie Here Bleeding. elementary question here from me uh why the title nectar when i go back yeah um i can complete you later <laughs> you always do uh-huh. <laughs> uh, nectar is like for me the nectar is, is the essence of life it's the life force that runs within you know that that essential force that keeps you going and that helps you deal with the struggles that life throws at you and so the album is like that. It's, you know, a representation of the strengths that, that makes us us, the essential characters behind us and our motivations and how we deal with what life has to throw at us. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think I could add anything to that. That's what, I mean, we, of course, discussed this title beforehand. Uh, well, what, what, what we saw was cool with Nectar and also, you know, we have a song called Nectar, but there's no lyrics on it. It's an instrumental because it's sort of tying in all of the other songs and, you know, just putting an end to a chapter. Uh, you mentioned when uh, doing this album is more collaborative than the first one. Uh, how much of a separation of roles is there within this band? Like Vic, do you ever pitch a lyric here or there, or is it solely Tom is writing lyrics and vice versa with uh, the string arrangements and such? We're collaborative on pretty much everything. I mean, it makes sense that the lifelong singer is going to focus on the singing and the lifelong pianist will focus on the piano. But but we do collaborate on, on every detail. <laughs> I wonder and, and how it would sound the other way around, to be honest. That would be awesome. Silent we should make an album like that. I play piano and you sing. Do number three that way. Just oh, flip it. Yeah, well, yeah. Or an EP, just for the one-off thing. Make fun. <laughs> like, uh, like Dream Theater did those shows where they all... Yeah, exactly. Where they switched. Yeah, that's funny. Did those go? Yeah, out? But, but Tom, but Tom plays some piano on this actually. Yeah, but I mean, he, I can I can write on piano because it's it's and that's actually the cheating thing with piano. It's that the, and also the great thing about a piano as as a kid you can sit down and just hit the note and it sounds like the note. In, in starting with guitar is pain in the yeah you know because. You have to create the note, right? So you, nothing, nothing is for free, and it doesn't come anything good out of it until at least like two years, I believe. So it's like useless to play guitar from the beginning, to be honest. You described yourself as a lifelong pianist, um, but I know that you play guitar and I think you drums in uh, a few bands over the years. When you guys are putting this together, uh, was there ever a discussion of it, you know, being a heavy thing or having other stuff that you actually play as well? And part of you was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll just play piano on this. Every, everything's fair game. I mean, we, we don't really 
set those those kind of limits. It's like you know, if we we care about the songs and what the songs ask for, and if the songs ask for something, we we give it to the song, you know. But yeah, I mean, we we started with the idea of making cinematic music with vocals, and so cinematic music kind of traditionally means a certain kind of thing with piano and strings and even the stuff that Nectar took having more Moog synthesizer and things like that and beats and 808s and all these kind of things is different from the very first idea that maybe we had in 2017 when Tom first reached out to me and so that shows me that you know we can keep taking directions wherever the music takes us and it's really tough to foresee what album five is going to sound like, for instance. But we know, but we know that it's going to, you know, be fresh because that's the way that motivates us to write is that we like to pursue what sounds fresh and exciting to us. And I also want to have that being allowed to integrate painting. I mean, if we want to play like jazz on the next album, that's that's fine. This that's what this band is for, really, to have an outlet for everything that we don't get out in in our other more commercial, you know, sure. bands or projects. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, you might hear anything. So we can anticipate on the next album when you two switch roles, that's just going to be all blast beats and screaming. So Yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? We can get Screaming. that through. Yeah. Screaming's what I'm best at vocally, so there you go. So this kind of actually uh, does bring me to my next question. Uh, the story goes that, Vic, you did a rendition of Evergrey's Distance and Tom contacted you. Uh, and you've covered a number of artists on your YouTube channel, ranging from Devin Townsend, Epica, and Bone Thugs and Harmony. And there's even a, a very interesting Smash Mouth Taylor Swift mashup. Uh, other oh, than yeah. Tom, That's have funny. any other folks that you've covered reached out to you about your projects and maybe wanting to work with you or just uh, a light? I don't know. Cool. But why do you do that? <laughs> Or have you had I, any other actions, I guess? Actually, you know, it's funny that the vast majority of the cool things that have happened to me in my musical career have happened because of these piano covers. I mean, and sometimes it's not necessarily the artist I cover. Maybe another artist who loves the artist I cover sees it and is like, hey, you know, something like that could be cool on my music. Or I can see that there's something here that you know, maybe I want to bring into my music. And Ross was that way. I, I did a couple of Haken things that, that he really, you know, was captured by and eventually reached out to me to play in a solo album. So, I mean, what what I do with my piano covers and what, what I've always wanted to do from the beginning is I don't want to learn the chords and the melodies and play them as if, you know, I might as well be a MIDI sequencer and just kind of punch in the notes like... I, I, I want to put my soul into it because, you know, for whatever my other faults as a musician, I know that I can play with soul. So I always bring that in there to whatever I play. And, you know, I, I imagine there are some artists who watch the cover that I do and they think it's terrible. You know, it's like, oh, I completely missed the double bass. This is boring, you know, maybe. But, but, but. For me, it's more rewarding to put my soul into everything I do. And that goes for covers as well as the, original music I do. I feel like if I'm not doing that, there's not really a point to me doing it. And the two of you are two albums in at this point, uh, so it's clearly not a one-off uh, project collaboration. Uh, could you see doing live shows with Silence Guys in the future? Very much so. I mean, we even thought about and talked about it even before we finished recording the first album. So I mean, 
we have had some interesting offers that we are considering right now, but at the same time also we want to, I think, I think at least I want to do silent skies properly. You know, I don't want to go up and not have the funds or the, you know, the visual visuals that I see before me and not being able to create that on, on a live stage. I want to do it properly. So, and I don't know how many bands we could sort of open for that would sort of, yeah, how many artists are there out there that tours, first of all, but that also have an opening act. But yeah, we, we will work on it. If not, we will be the first. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, what do you imagine for A Silent Skies visually without spoiling something down the road, I guess? Like, what's your ideal no uh, limit on your budget for a live show? First thing would be to bring in Raph, uh uh, who plays the cello on both albums. I think that is a key element I would love to have. And I also see myself maybe uh, complimenting you know, Vic's playing on piano with doing some of the synth parts you know, that are easy and stuff like that. So build, build the show around the instruments, but also have a lot of visuals on screens and stuff like that. that that's something that I would really love to do. Yeah, Silent Skies has always been about the cinematic quality. And so one of the key things about cinematic qualities is that it, you know, cinematic music is a natural pairing for cinematic visuals. So I think whatever we do, the visuals are going to be important. And you've, you've kind of touched on this already in our chat here, but uh, there's been teases of more stuff already coming. How is uh, silent skies three coming along? Great. To be honest. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, we we've done, I guess, three three songs now. We it was important for us to get started so that we could see the direction that we're going to go. I mean, a lot of times, you know, you can talk about it, you can theorize, but then certain magic happens in the execution, and so we had to kind of execute some songs to see, you know, how does this feel? You know, where are we headed from here? And it's a really valuable process, and we're really, really, really excited about it. it it sounds really great and it's true to nectar in some ways and a departure in other ways and you'll just have to listen later to find out how very cool i mean that's just the great thing about being in silent skies i feel like i'm i i mean i am in a debut band more or less so the i feel the same eagerness and the same immaturities and uh, that i did on the first album with evergrey for instance so it's like it's just great to be able to uh, what do you call it feel that again relive that those moments it's like i'm young again <laughs> not really but close <laughs> I, I know the high of uh that feeling we've got a band that's starting to work again i had that yeah. in the, all this as well um that's all. since you've you've both been so prolific in this time it's safe to assume that there could be some uh more redemption coming it is it is in it's, fact coming um we it's mixed, uh, right? yeah nick nick and i worked throughout uh, 2019 and 2020 writing the album and then we recorded it um, I guess we, we finished up all of the recording this year and it's in the mixing process right now so I mean we're looking at next year at some time I'm not entirely sure when but yeah it's sounding really good fans of the band will like it for sure I think very cool all right sounding really good and then, uh, Vic, I read Threads of Life's, uh, sorry, Threads of Fate's debut full album is coming in March. Uh, not really a question there, but more of a, a plug for a really cool project. Um, 
uh do you guys see doing that as a, a live thing as well like that and uh evergrey would be a pretty rad tour. I mean, we'd like to i mean actually it's a it's a good fit for evergrey so tom take notes <laughs> we want to open for you show me the money <laughs> <laughs> no i mean for sure i mean it's it's a little bit of a studio project and that like we don't have a full-time drummer and i play bass on the record as well but i mean we want to take that live around for a while i mean we finished the album in 2019 and it's coming out next year so we definitely want to take that live if we can i mean all three of us are really busy with the different things we do of course um, thank you both for being on my uh, on my silly little podcast. I love the new record. I had it on earlier, and it's a rainy day here in sunny California, and it felt like the perfect pairing for the rainy day. Um, and awesome. uh, you know, good luck with uh, everything else going forward, and you know, hopefully get some normalcy and see y'all on the road soon. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks a lot for, for having us, man. Appreciate right. it. Yeah. You have a good rest of your uh, evening and mornings and days. All right. Thanks you a lot, too. man. You All too. Right. Later. Bye bye. While our souls ride on heaven's vault Behind the trees Where our spirits dance Dead are the embers What's left is this cold Our light here has failed Nectar by Silent Skies will be released on February 4th via Napalm Records. To get your copy, head to silentskiesweden.bandcamp.com and keep up with the band at facebook.com slash silentskiesband. Now to close this episode, I am recommending you check out the band Aegis. Aegis formed in 2020 in Chicago. They are a melodic death metal symphonic duo made of Will Way and Eric Noxus. Throughout 2021, the pair released five singles, all of which you can find on the YouTube channel, which is linked in this episode description. One of those singles is this episode's recommendation. It is a track called The Accursed, and here it is in its entirety.
You can find more Aegis at AegisOfficial.com. That is A-E-G-I-U-S Official.com. Then find more from the band at the link in this episode description. As always, I'd like to thank you for listening and invite you to head over to FarBandMetalPodcast.com. There, if you're in a band, you can hit me up like Aegis did to be the episode's recommendation. You can also find past episodes of the show, like my full conversation with Danny Filth and many, many others. Then, of course, the theme song is Far Beyond Metal by the band Strapping Young Lad from their album The New Black courtesy of Century Media Records and Devin Townsend himself. Thank you for listening. A Catbox Production.